You're listening to season four of Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast. I'm Kimberly Evans, and I'm so happy you are here. After planning events and working in the marketing industry with so many incredible clients and entrepreneurs for almost 20 years, along with personally experiencing hardship in life and business, I've discovered how powerful our mindset and purpose is in creating a life of joy and celebration while having a whole lot of fun along the way. Join me with a coffee or cocktail as I connect with inspiring leaders, entrepreneurs, tastemakers, and extraordinary people as they share their journey in life and business and how they are striving to live a life of purpose. Your fears and beliefs in yourself will be transformed as you work towards creating the best version of yourself from the inside out. You're in good company. Cheers to celebrating simple life. Today on Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, I'm chatting with Jacinta Gandhi. She is passionate about small business and a champion of women's entrepreneurship. She's the founder of Social Circle, a full-service design studio specializing in bold, beautiful web design for female entrepreneurs. Prior to starting Social Circle, Jacinta spent over a decade working at several of New York City's leading creative and media agencies, including Wyden and & Kennedy and Omnicorn Media. Social Circle is a black women-owned and operated business based in Brooklyn, New York, serving clients all over the world. When she's not helping women grow their business, you can find Jacinta sipping fresh coconut water and dreaming about her next trip to a tropical destination. Tune in as we chat all about life as a business owner and how it's never too late to have the business and life of your dreams. Jump on over to Celebrating Simple Life on Instagram to stay connected and tag Celebrating Simple Life in your Instagram stories when you share your favorite parts of this episode. Hello, Jacinta. How are you? Hi, Kimberly. Thanks so much for having me today. I am so delighted to chat with you again. It was my pleasure to be on your podcast a while back and so much continues to happen around the world and in business and life that I'm so glad we get to connect today. Yes, me too. So I just want to dive right in because for my listeners who have not had the pleasure of following you on Instagram or understanding what the social circle is all about and the ways that you are showing up to help, I'll say women specifically, maybe I'm sure that your reach touches beyond that, but we, I kind of focus on that here on celebrating simple life where that sort of is 99% of our community, but, but men are always welcome. (laughs) (laughs) They usually just choose not to show up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's what I was going to say. I, you know, I'm here for men that like are all for supporting women and, and helping us out for sure. I love that. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your background and how the social circle came to be what it is today and kind of what led you here in your life. Yeah, sure. I feel like it's a very long story. So I'll try to share like the truncated version. (laughs) But um, I feel like, you know, I guess, you know, when I ever when I interview people, people that are, are on one extreme or the other, they're like born entrepreneurs, or they're people who like, didn't even know what entrepreneurship was or how to do it. So I'm definitely one of those like born entrepreneurs, like I just from the time that I was a kid, 
I was like, you know, throwing tag sales. Like I was the one creating <laughs> coloring books and selling them door to door to my neighbors. So I didn't know what, what it was, but there was something for me about organizing people and going out and, and selling. Like I was the kid who loved a fundraiser because I wanted to go door to door. People don't do this nowadays. How times have changed. How times have changed. But back in the day, uh, before we had like virtual Girl Scout, you know, cookie fundraisers, um, I was all for it because I love talking to people. I love helping them. So yeah, that was kind of um, just something that was in me. However, I did take more of the traditional approach of like going to college. I studied finance. Um, I graduated with, um, you know, a master's in project management, information systems. Like I just did all of the things that I was supposed to do because I was really focused on, you know, chasing a successful career, even though at that point, I didn't know what that really meant. Um, and so eventually I ended up in New York City um, working, you know, at a lot of the media and creative agencies here, which was work that I loved um, because it gave me the opportunity to work with a lot of high profile clients and brands. I spent a lot of time working at brands like Disney and Converse and Heineken. So it was really fun and it was like a really great place to learn. Um, but then, you know, eventually, um, like anyone who, you know, has ever been in agency life, especially in New York City, the long hours just caught up with me, right? Mm-hmm. And the clients that I initially thought were my dream clients kind of turned into like nightmare clients because <laughs> they were just never happy, right? There was like nothing was creative enough, nothing was good enough. Like they were always going to push for more and more. And I myself, I knew that I was like a multi-serial entrepreneur. I was always coming up with ideas of things I wanted to do, but it was hard, hard for me to execute those things because I was, you know, just caught up in this, this, this really, you know, work, work, work culture. Um, and so it took a while, but I knew that like, I wanted to be, um, you know, doing what I was doing, which was marketing at the time. But I was like, I'd love to work with small business entrepreneurs because I'm someone that when I hear about other people trying to launch a business, I get really excited and I immediately become their cheerleader. And I'm like, I just imagine that these, you know, small business owners that don't always have the ability to have, you know, you know, large marketing firms working for them, they're going to be so excited and they're going to be so appreciative. And I have the opportunity to really move the needle with them. So that kind of became my passion. And that led me to start Social Circle um, four years ago now, which is crazy. Um, and I was, you know, doing it, you know, part-time freelance on the side for a number of years. And last year I was finally able to take the plunge and become a full-time entrepreneur. Um, and it's just, it's just been incredible. I've just been so, so happy to serve other women and help them, you know, realize their dreams in their own business. Isn't it just amazing how, when you're like in the thick of it all, it's easy to not really see, be able to see beyond what you're in, but when you're working in a job that maybe isn't necessarily lighting you up and making you feel like, you're making an impact, how you get to then figure things out and take those circumstances and bring them into the next chapter, which you're doing now, and have all of this incredible experience that you wouldn't have 
received had you started the social circle, let's say, right out of university and like right out of college and just been just deciding that that was the path you were going to take. Like you've sort of been able to have best of both worlds where you've gotten to take all of that information and probably endured the hardships that have come (laughs) with that as well. But now being able to pass on, like you said, that big agency knowledge to entrepreneurs who like, I don't know about you, but most of the women that I have had the pleasure of working with and have had as my clients, whether it's events or marketing and those types of things, they don't have that kind of budget. It's not like they're going in their minds thinking, okay, I'm going to hire the best agency I possibly can. No expense spared. We're just going to go for it. That has generally not been my experience of the women that I have seen and wasn't my experience as an entrepreneur either, where you're sort of like, how do I baby step through all of these things? Because I actually have no money to invest in what I'm trying to grow, but it's going to be amazing. (laughs) Right. I love that. So what would you say is your process with social circle in for listeners that are listening today who are like, Oh my goodness. Like I am, maybe they're, maybe they're following a similar path that you did where they're working a job right now and have big dreams and big ideas and are maybe doing some of them on the side, maybe not, but they know that there's something more. They feel this stirring, this inner something that they wish was more and just aren't quite sure how to kind of channel that into that becoming the reality of how they actually get to live their lives. Cause let's be honest, money is ultimately the, the bottom line factor here that I think ends up being the most sort of fear ridden scenario because all of us need to live and we need to support ourselves. And maybe there's a partner or family or kids or all of the other things that you're trying to do. And no one wants to take a chance on a really fun dream and then say, Oh, oops, that didn't work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I completely, completely agree with you. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of times, you know, particularly on social media, there's like this culture of like, you know, I just woke up and quit my job and I started this dream business, you know, and now I'm making six figures and it was all a breeze. (laughs) If I hear the term six figures again, I think I'm going to lose my mind. I don't like that term. I feel like it makes people feel so like incompetent if they haven't hit that in their business. And that's such a general rando term and number to use for whatever, because that's really not the defining factor in what makes a successful business. But yeah, continue. I just had to put that in. (laughs) No, I completely agree with that. The six figure thing. It's like for everyone, it's, it means something completely different. And, you know, my first year starting my own business, I made less money than I made at my full-time job. And I knew that was going to be the case, but I was comfortable with that because I was like, ultimately, this is what I want. This is what I want to spend the time and the energy and the effort growing. Um, and, you know, you can have a six figure job, but you, that might mean that you're working from 9am to 9pm every That's single right. day. When you're walking out the door, people are looking at you like, where are you going? You're leaving already. So um, I feel like a lot of times it's more about having that freedom, right? And when you start to have that, then all of a sudden you can start to build a plan around that, that like makes sense and allows you to be able to support your dreams. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think for people that, you know, are, 
you know, they have a business and they're still focused on it. A lot of the clients I work with, you know, they're still working full time while they're launching their business. And I feel like that's a really smart way to go, right? Because we want to validate our business. I mean, unless you, maybe if you are fresh out of college, you do have the flexibility to like, or the desire to like live on ramen noodles for like a and year. And you're still or living in mom's basement and you've decided exactly. that's just working for you. Yeah, exactly. But for us that like, you know, when you're in a position where like you have a family su- to support, you have a home, you have a certain lifestyle you want to live. Yeah. Um, then I think it, it's totally fair to, you know, keep that, you know, keep that full-time income. I will say for me, the hardest part for me was balancing that whole work life culture with my actual business because mm-hmm. my work friends, they always wanted to go to happy hour. They always wanted to go to brunch on the weekends. And it was a balancing act of being like, hey, I can't go. Um, I can't go because I'm up at 6 a.m. working on my business. I don't have the luxury of sleeping in and my weekends are about working on my business. So I feel like you have to determine what you want and, um, you know, then, you know, create time for the, the, the thing, the business that you're passionate about. Well, and that kind of right there kind of sort of separates the entrepreneurs that are going to be successful and not, I would say too, because there is all this talk of like, like you mentioned too, about, oh, like it's the freedom that you're looking for. And I would say like, that is ultimately what is the biggest benefit. It's being an entrepreneur is not the road less traveled. It is not the easy path to take. Does it allow you more freedom because you're making up your own schedule and your own hours? Yes. But that doesn't actually mean that your hours are actually going to be less work than they were before. It just means that you're maybe enjoying the hours that you're spending more. And I think there's sometimes a bit of a misconception on that, especially with people that are new to entrepreneurship, where like you said, things you're scrolling and seeing on Instagram sort of paint this picture of, well, once you're an entrepreneur, then you don't have to work as hard or then things just fall into place and everything is just wonderful from there. Right. And that's just in my experience, not the case. (laughs) Definitely not the case. I also love the whole laptop lifestyle one. And then someone's just like, you know, chilling by the pool with their lap. I mean, I'm like, that is just never going to happen. If I was fortunate enough to be by a pool, trust me, I don't want my laptop near me, but like, that's just, I mean, it's just one of those policies where it's like, no, I mean, being a successful entrepreneur really is about, you know, making those sacrifices in the beginning, having that discipline, figuring out the things that are worth your time and energy and the things that aren't, you know, and, and I think that it's not that glamorous, you know, it's glamorous in the end. Like I was just watching that show on HGTV. It's called, um, I think self-made mansions. And yes. it's like all these people who launched their own businesses and now are buying these fabulous homes. Totally. And it's like, yes, we all want that piece, you know, but I think the show actually does a good job of also talking about like the sacrifices and the fact mm-hmm. that a lot of these people were like, you know, we had to wait 10 years to buy our dream home because we were yes. putting money into our business. And so, just people understanding and knowing that like, if it's something that you're passionate about, if it's something that you really believe in it, you are going to have to make sacrifices along the way, just like anything you want in life. A hundred percent. And as much as we don't want to, as much as it's hard to see it as we're going through it, it's those sacrifices and those 
5 a.m. wake ups and those missing the happy hours and not going out on the weekend and instead like buckling down that 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever the journey is that it takes to get to the goals that you've decided you want. That's the part where you're like, yes, this was worth it because you were calling all of the sacrifice. Like, I think if this just happened tomorrow, there's really nothing to even really be grateful for. If it's just sort of like a snap of our fingers and it happens, right? Yeah. So, so back to sort of this process. So when a client is feeling like the clients that you work with or somebody listening to this today, who is like, oh man, yes, this is exactly what I'm feeling how do I juggle this working a full-time job and having these big dreams and hearing what you're saying and saying, yes, Jacinta, that is what I need. I need you in my life. What would the process be for you to connect with a new client and say, hey, this is how it works to get started. This is how I can help you do the things that you're wanting to do within the place that you're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So I think, you know, one of the big things for those, for that person who's like nodding their head. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think is being ready to, you know, make an investment in their business and, you know, hire a professional, because I think that a lot of times we go into, you know, bootstrapping DIY, I can do it all on my own. And that's true. You probably could do it all on your own, but how many years do you have? You know, how, how effective do you want it to be? Like, how great all- do you want your hair to get in the process? <laughs> exactly. <right>? exactly. <laughs> so I think a lot of times it comes from wrapping your mind around the fact that, you know, time is money and I'm going to invest in something that's going to allow my business to go to the next level, right? So that I can get to work and doing the things that I want to do and, you know, show up and serve, right? Mm-hmm. So- for me, um, you know, we, you know, we work a lot with branding and web design and I like doing that piece of the puzzle because oftentimes that is, you know, sort of the first part, really. Like once you've done the legal stuff, that's kind of like step one of setting up your business. It's like, okay, I have this idea. Now let's turn it into an actual business. Like let's make it come to life. And when doing that, you know, working with clients and going through the process of, you know, asking those questions to help them get clarity on their brand, to help them understand what their branding should look like. And I think that a lot of times people go to the aesthetics of being like, I want something that looks pretty, but then they actually, that gets removed from actual, like, who are you serving, right? What's your target audience? Um, What are your core values, your mission, your statement? So really working with the clients to understand all of those things before we even sit down and talk about logos, before we even talk about color palettes or stories and stuff like that. So that's really um, what I'm able to do and, and just providing that consultative process for them so that they're able to kind of get that clarity and I'm able to like, echo back at them, the things that they're telling me. And then when they finally get that end product, that brand, that website, they're like, oh my gosh, this is me. Like, this is something that reflects me and the vision that I want. Um, So yeah, so that's, that's really, you know, what I do. Um, We also do like marketing for clients that um, need help with Instagram content or social media, really just helping them plan their content strategy. 
Um, and then, you know, we offer ongoing design services as well. So if you're already established and you have your branding and your web design, but you need access to that, you know, what we talked about, you want that design agency because mm-hmm. you're launching a new program. You have social media posts you need to get up. You want to do a lead, a new lead magnet. You have a team that you can say, I'm looking to do X, Y, Z, and then we can bring it to life for you. So those are the three major ways that I work with clients. I love that. Well, and I like what you said before too, because I do feel that there's sort of this, especially when you're starting out, and I don't know if this ever changes, especially when you're working on your own and feeling like I have to do it all by myself. And I think we often, I've been talking with a lot of people about this recently and just the word should. I should do this. And like, that's almost turning into like a curse word, like (laughs) should, you know, like we just put this pressure on ourselves. And again, a lot of women, this is sort of a thing and I'm guilty of this too. And it sort of comes in ebbs of ebbs and flows of kind of where you're at and maybe how stressful other things in life are going and just all of the circumstances that are around us at any given time, but feeling the sense like, oh, wow, I'm an entrepreneur. So I should be able to do this and do this. And maybe you can do this and you actually have the ability to do this, but time and whether you can are kind of two completely separate animals, right? (laughs) Yes, completely. And I was like that too, when it came to my finances, like I'm that person who like, I'm just like, oh, is it that time of month already? Am I supposed to actualize my finances? I'm sure it could wait another month. Like no problem. Yeah. And then I had to get real with myself and I'm like, I need to hire an accountant because this is not something I want to do. This is something important, but this is something that I don't have the expertise to do. I don't want to do it. I procrastinate it. And again, it's super important. I'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to let you in on something really special. Just like you, I value my health and am so grateful for the team at Holistic Physiotherapy and Wellness right here in Saskatoon. Not only do they have an incredible clinic, but also offer telehealth virtual appointment options for anyone across Saskatchewan. I have had virtual physio and naturopathic appointments in these last few months, and they have been game changers for me, all from the comfort of my own home. And right now they are offering 10% off any Pilates package and subscription in person and online with unlimited use from right now in January until the end of March. And as a listener of Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, you can also receive $10 off any of their core health services in person or virtual telehealth. They have naturopathic medicine, chiropractic, physiotherapy, pelvic floor physiotherapy, massage therapy, yoga therapy. Book online today at holisticphysiowellness.ca and and use the code CELEBRATE10, or you can call the clinic at 306-373-0060 because this is your year to take care of you and feel your best. So, I mean, I feel like we need to like identify those things, those areas where mm-hmm. like, this is just like not my, you know, not my <laughs> zone of genius. And like, by the way, I could be doing something else. I could be actually working you know, in my business and serving clients, right. Or maybe I could be, you know, taking the weekend off and spending it with my kids. You know, you can be doing something else with that time. So why stress yourself out? And I think that it shows up for some people as fear because it's just like, this is my baby. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to let it go. Um, and for other people, it shows up as just kind of like, it's more of an excuse because it's like, 
well, I'm scared to go big. So I'm going to just stay in this comfortable safety net here. And if I'm doing it all my own, I can control the pace at which it moves, which sometimes it's like, it's a glacial pace, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Totally. Well, and I think as well, there is this sense and I know that this has definitely been thoughts that have gone through my mind in the past is there's this sense of, but what if I fail, then I have nobody to blame but myself. Like if there's something that comes up or there's something that someone has helped you with that maybe didn't go the way that you were thinking it was going to go, or maybe communication wasn't as clear between whatever the task or project was that you were deciding to release um, and having somebody else, whether it be an accountant or another piece of the business that you're wanting to let go of, that has definitely been my thing. And not that I thought somebody else couldn't do it, being very aware that somebody else could probably do it 10,000 times better than I could for certain tasks, but just the sense of, well, at least if something goes wrong, then I have nobody else to blame but myself and I can just own this all and there doesn't have to be any conflict or any type of issues. And that's not a healthy way to look at it either. And I've really had to work my way through um, the why I'm holding on to certain things so tightly when I need help. And I actually just recently in the last little bit posted on Instagram talking about asking for help. Yes. People. (laughs) It's such a big thing. And I think it's, I don't know, have we just been ingrained with this idea that asking for help means that you're not good enough or that you're not able or I don't know what that is, but I think that's a really big point of like a stumbling block for a lot of people in just thinking that being an entrepreneur means you have to do it all by yourself. And if you can't, you're not as good as this person who has the illusion that they're doing it all by themselves because we only see little squares on Instagram of people's lives. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like asking for help is so big and it's definitely something that I struggled with. And honestly, I think it's something that high achievers struggle with, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're used to doing things at a certain level or when you know, you're know you working on corporate and success is coming easy to you, a lot of times you don't think, oh, if I'm stuck, it just means I need help. You think, oh, if I'm stuck, it's because I'm not good at this. It's because I'm failing. It's because this was a bad idea. And we forget that like, no, we don't have to figure this out on their, on our own. Like we have resources, we have other people that we could bring in and that can help us and, and can support us. And to your point about like, well, if it fails, I have no one to blame, but myself. I mean, that's almost worse, right? I, I kind of want to have someone else to blame if it fails, right? It's like, okay, maybe that wasn't the right person to work with, but that's going to help me figure out like, oh, this is actually what I need when I hire an accountant. These are actually the qualities that I'm looking for. I feel like sometimes I've had totally bad experiences and they've been bad, but they've also been really awakening because then I'm like, oh, now I actually know what I want. Before I didn't really know. And this is why I ended up hiring someone who wasn't a good fit. Totally. Sometimes that process of elimination and something going the wrong way is actually brings the most clarity to a situation. Sometimes it's hard to know what we do want. (laughs) Right. What do we want? It's like, I definitely don't want that. So now I know that, right? (laughs) Exactly. So what would you say are some essentials that every business owner should be thinking about and having 
on their website, on their social, just practical. I always want people listening to sort of get practical tips and advice because you just put out such amazing tips and strategies and things that are just so easy to follow yet powerful on your Instagram. And I just, I, I would love for someone listening to be like, what is just a few things that I can do today that would maybe just be a step in the right direction of being able to stand out in the crowd? Yeah. So I would say one of the big ones is just, and it's, it's such an obvious one, but just showing people how to get in contact with you. Mm. Um, there's so many times when someone will tell me, oh, I'm just not hiring. I'm just not getting any clients. I'm not booking any discovery calls. And then I go on their socials and I'm like, how does one even do that? <laughs> I go on their website and I'm like, it's not clear what you want me to do. And I think that sometimes, particularly if you're in DIY mode, it's easier. It's easy to get in your head and in your mind, you're like, this makes sense. But then for someone else that's coming in, they're like, they're lost. They're like, we don't know what to do here. So I think that like a good thing to do is to have someone in your network, just ask them, you know, Hey, can you take a look at my social pages? Can Mm. you take a quick peek at my website? Can you just tell me anything that sticks out? Doesn't make sense, could be improved. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of times you can get really amazing feedback. Um, so that's something I would definitely recommend. Um, and then another thing is, you know, if you don't have that person that you could reach out to, there's, um, an analytics program that you can install on your website called full story. And that actually shows you like how people are navigating through your website. So you can start to figure out like, um, for example, like if you were trying to, to get discovery calls, but yet the discovery call is only, that option is only on your services page. You might find out through web analytics, like, oh, people are actually visiting my about page more into my services mm. page. So I should actually put a link to my discovery call there. So I think that like a lot of times um, I see people getting very insu- ins- like stumbling on that word, but getting very insular and they're yeah. like, I'm not booking any, any clients. No one's buying anything from me. It must be me. The problem must be me. And it's like, no, actually the problem is probably something on your website, on your socials. People probably are interested, but they don't know how to get in contact with you. Um, and so I feel like that's just like something really small that everyone can kind of take a second look at. Well, and having a fresh set of eyes on something, I think that is such a great point because how often have we been the consumers somewhere and clicking through some whatever business or website or whatever the case may be to buy a service or product for ourselves and maybe a link is broken or you're just not getting directed to the place that you think you should be getting directed to in what's working for your own mind and thinking where you should be clicking on something, right? Like that's such a basic and it's nobody's fault. It's like, how often do we go into our own stuff and actually check to see that links are broken and, or that something just isn't, yeah, like as user-friendly maybe as it could be because working on your business and then actually like trying to troubleshoot anything and pretending to be a customer, like that's really hard to do for yourself. 
Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> no, you can't. And I think too, if you can have, like you said, if you can have these like safe people, and if you don't feel like you have not even one person in your realm who would be willing to do this or whatever, get connected with small business communities, especially right now, like things are blowing up with this, all these online places that people can hang out just to pick each other's brains and to get to know other people. And most definitely, if you're putting yourself out there, you are going to find people that would be more than willing to do this. And often you can sometimes even do it for each other. You'd be like, hey, did you want this done for yourself as well? I'd be like happy to jump on there and like pretend I'm a customer and just look at something brand new that you're not looking at with the eyes that we're looking at our businesses day in, day out with sort of like monotony, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Love that. So what would you say in the clients that you have worked with, so you you alluded to a few things before where, like you just mentioned about how even just not sort of being able to figure out how to contact somebody can be a super easy fix and a super easy way to just be like, hey, this is maybe something that could be changed in order for someone to just be able to find you on a different page or a different mm-hmm. link or somewhere easier. Um, what would be what would you say with clients that you've had in the past that have sort of been some of the the biggest stumbling blocks that they've come across that I can probably 100% guarantee that anybody listening has probably experienced something like this too. And I always feel like it feels so good to hear these sort of real life stories to know that you're not alone when it's coming to errors in your business. It's not that you should know better or do better. And there's no manual of entrepreneur 101. It's kind of just a figure out what's works right for you. And that's what your version of being an entrepreneur is. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say have sort of been some of the more common things that like come up that you kind of see, cause you're seeing so many clients that just kind of are repetitive problems that you're like, okay, wow, how do we solve these things so that this doesn't have to keep happening for people that are newly starting businesses now? Yeah. I mean, there's a few of them. I think one that comes up a lot is, um, the client, you know, that wants to hide. Um, And it's typically, they typically have maybe like a product-based business or something like that, where they can be a little bit more behind the scenes. And so they don't think it's as important to tell their own story or to show up or to share the journey of how the business was started. And so I think there, a lot of times there can be this tendency to, use, you know, the website and the beautiful, beautiful visuals as a way to kind of hide. And I feel like, you know, we talk about this all the time, but showing up and sharing your story is so important. And that's actually what's going to make people connect with you and, you know, want to invest in your business and want to purchase the products that you're selling. Right. Or, you know, just want to discover more about you and what you're doing. And I think that a lot of times people, you know, because when we go through entrepreneurship, it's a very personal journey. And I think that sometimes people think that they can kind of skip that step and just be like, nope, just get me to the good part. Get me to the sales (laughs) part. You know what I mean? Um, I just want to hide behind this brand and let my website do all the work. And I often, you know, I talk to a lot of my clients about like, no, it actually is important for you to share your story. It actually is important for you to show up. It it is important for people to know the person behind the brand. That's what's going to separate you from 
you know, the products that XYZ other entrepreneur is making because they're sharing behind the scenes with their audience. They're telling them about the process and that's going to be a huge difference. And it's not like, you know, you have to share everything, right? You don't have to tell them your whole life story and what you had for breakfast every day, unless you want to, (laughs) you know, like you can kind of toggle what you want to reveal. Um, But I would say that that's definitely a big one. Um, and then I, I, I also have entrepreneurs that are on the flip side where, um, these are more of like my service-based entrepreneurs, but they, they want to make it all about them, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're like, this is my story. This is what I do. This, these are my services. Here's 300 pictures of me, you know? And that's also when I have to kind of pull them back and say, okay, but this is not connecting with your audience. Like you need to have visuals that actually represent your audience's lifestyle and what they're doing and show the transformation, right? That you're providing other clients with your services. So I think, you know, just again, having that second lens, having that clear perspective and having someone who could say like, this is actually the right mix. You're giving enough of yourself, enough of your energy, but then you're also like reflecting back who your core audience is. I love that. That is such great advice and such easy tips to be able to just implement now and start focusing on those things. I think there's so many ways that we can take these little baby steps when starting a business and not feel like we have to do everything right off the gate. And that's such a great example of like starting sort of even just with your social, maybe you don't even have a website yet and you're starting with your social. And then once you're ready to do that, you can kind of implement those same strategies and make sure that it matches and it feels really like you. Yeah. Completely. Totally. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you for hours. This has been such a enlightening conversation and the wheels are spinning in my head of all of the things that I want to do in my own business now after hearing all of these tips. I love that. So to wrap up, I ask my guests the same questions at the end of each episode, because I love hearing the inner details of your life. And especially when I have the pleasure of being able to interview people from all over the world and having you be in New York and me being in Saskatoon in the center of Canada, we are far apart, but close together because we have (laughs) business connections and things that are common ground in our lives. And I love that. Um, So, okay. Are you ready for my lightning round questions? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, Number one, what book are you currently reading? I'm reading Your Best Year Ever by Michael Hyatt. I read it every year. You read it every year? I do. The first time I read it, it was like a complete failure. I'm like, why did I even buy this book? (laughs) Um, Because I didn't actually want to do the work and the exercises in it. Um, and then the second year I actually was like, nope, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do this. Um, but every year it's a book that I go to and I revisit. I have not read this book. I'm adding this to my list right now. Oh, you absolutely should. Okay. I love it. Okay. Are you a coffee drinker and what is your order? Yes, definitely a coffee drinker. Um, my order varies depending on the weather, but, uh, my go-to is a, um, vanilla almond milk latte, um, in the cooler months. And in the summer, I like cold brew with oat milk. Mm, Love it. Love it. Love it. I've been struggling lately because I've been 
trying out and giving an honest review of this program that involves whole foods, like eating whole foods and incorporating a shake into your day and not in a like meal replacement, don't eat kind of way, but just in a healthy lifestyle, making sure you're getting all the vitamins and all the things that you need. And I was feeling like I needed a reset at the beginning of the year and just time to just make a change. I was feeling super low energy. And one of the things that I've eliminated and Lord help me if I never, ever drink a cup again, I don't know how I'm going to live my life, but I've eliminated coffee, completely coffee. And you could not have paid me to eliminate coffee out of my life prior to this. But I was like, okay, I am giving an honest review and I have to go all in. And I'm not a person that only like does something a little bit. I like either I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. So I'm like, Kate, we're just adopting all of these principles in here and we're just going to try it. And worst case scenario, I hate it. And after 30 days, I can just go back to feeling low energy and not great again and eating all the bad things that I want. Sure. Whatever. I feel so good. I feel so good. And I don't think I realized how much even just having like a cup of coffee in a day was And I would often have a diet Coke in the afternoon too. another bad habit of mine where eliminating that it was hell on earth to get it out of my system. I thought I was going to say, I I thought I was on death's door. (laughs) No, I've done it before. And the detox is insane. Like how I even continued on is beyond me because I was like in fetal position for like three days, but I've come to the other side. I've seen the light. I didn't go to the light I found came out of it and I feel so good. So now my issue is it's so cold in the winter, but the only way I can drink the shakes is in cold form because I don't like them in hot form. There is hot options, but they're kind of like, they're kind of. I don't know. They don't quite mix up the same way. I need it to sort of be in like frappuccino form, which only comes cold. So now I'm sipping on my hot or my icy cold beverages when it's very, very, very freezing all winter, but that's the sacrifice I'm willing to make. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's so great. That's a remarkable accomplishment. It really is. I mean, kicking coffee is challenging for sure (laughs) it is and what I find I'm missing the most is like I'm missing the coffee because I actually really like I'm not just drinking the coffee because it gives me a boost I'm actually love the taste of coffee I really like the taste and that's what I'm missing the most I'm just missing that like dark rich coffee yeah taste but that's hard to reinterpret without just having real genuine good coffee so a work in progress to find a recipe that tastes really coffee-like that doesn't have caffeine in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, maybe there's some decaf options. I mean, some craft coffee decaf that tastes yeah, good. For totally. <laughs> I think I need to like do some experiments here. So any, any decaf coffees around the world that's hearing this, let's, let's talk because I need, <laughs> there needs to be an alternative. This cannot be the way life goes on forever. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Question number three. What song would be the theme song of your life? Ooh, that's a really, really hard one. I'm sure this question probably like, uh, we could probably have a theme song that like changes by the day, maybe by the minute I feel someday. Yeah, totally. Currently, totally. right now, in this moment. <laughs> right now, in this moment. The, the song that popped into my head was I Will Survive by Gloria oh, I Gaynor. Love it. <laughs> 
I'm here for it. And, you know, we just inaugurated a new president on uh, Wednesday. So I would definitely say the past four years, I, yeah, that song probably was my mantra. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know what? That actually crossed my mind too, as I was thinking of like, I, it was like flashing through my mind as you were thinking about your song. I was thinking, I'm thinking back to the inauguration and even just hearing Katy Perry singing Firework. I'm like, that's just oh, been yes. like roaring in my head. <laughs> And just thinking about like how that just is going to have so many different meanings for everybody that was watching that and has been just a part of what's going on in forever, let alone the past couple years and just all of the momentum that sort of led up to that moment. I, this will be, this will be a whole nother episode. We'll have to discuss this on a whole nother thing. I would love to chat about that with you. Definitely. Um, Instead, I digress and move on to a not not topic of any importance, except what is your favorite junk food? <laughs> uh, I would definitely have to say gelato. That's my oh, go-to. Yum. So good. Do you have like good gelato places around your place in New York? Um, not really. I just, I just buy Talenti, like mm-hmm. shout out to them. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I like, so I kind of have, have, you know, just this whole like pandemic life. Um, I've leveled up my gelato cause I used to try out all their different flavors. And then I got this idea that I could just buy the Madagascar vanilla bean, and then I could add all my own stuff to it. Ooh. So I will add like chocolate chips or almonds or what have you. And, and then I'm happy. I'm in my happy place for that moment. That's so creative. Well, I don't know if you have these, I'm sure you have some version of it in the States. I always love when we're traveling through the U S to like compare the, just like the different restaurants and cafes and ice cream shops and like cool places that we maybe don't have in Canada and, and just try new places. We have a place that is like a stone cold creamery type place where they use these mm-hmm. like really cold, you know, like the marble tops where they smash in all of yes. the like things. So you just like pick your ice cream or gelato or whatever, and then smash it in. And you're like DIYing the smash ins at your house. Look at yeah, you. Pretty much am. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Don't even, you're going to start a new business. Don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. When was the last time you belly laughed? And what were you laughing about? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, I actually have one. It's from the inauguration moment. (laughs) And of course, like I was like, you know, in in a chat with all of my girlfriends and we were just going bananas over the fashion. Because I was just like, Michelle Obama, she she slayed, she slayed. And then just looking at like, just, I don't know. I think it's also a symptom of the pandemic and just not having the opportunity to like dress fancy anymore. And so we were like watching everyone and talking about how, how beautiful everyone is. And then one of my friends goes, wait, so are we supposed to be dressing in all monochrome? And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm getting from this. And then my other girlfriend goes, I am Googling work from home monochrome monochrome wear right now. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> this is happening. And we were just dying. I mean, it was just hilarious. That is hysterical. And you're totally right. That probably was quadruply funny too, because of our current situation in yes. this pandemic, where we're all just trying to make it work and just missing having anything remotely upscale to, <laughs> to dress for. <laughs> right? 
totally totally I tried to do a date night with my husband and I'm like you know I told him I'm like okay we're gonna order takeout from somewhere nice we're gonna like get dressed up and wear nice clothes and then like that that evening came and I'm like but like I have to like put on real pants like like non-stretchy pants like Like I love you but do I love you this much yeah yeah because he came out in jeans and I was like, whoa, whoa, like we're going full buttons and zippers. Way to go. Yes. Yes. I love it. Okay. Last question, but not least, where are you most looking forward to traveling when things kind of open up more again? I am going to go ahead and say New Orleans. I have, there are so many places that are on my list, but the last place I was before the world shut down was New Orleans. And I just, it's a city I go to over and over again because I'm a foodie. So I love the food. I love the fact that there's live music. I love the fact that it's nonstop, right? Like, so, um, that's kind of, I went there last February thinking, oh, this is a great way to kick off travel season. <laughs> and that was the last place I Little went. did so you know. Just, <laughs> little did I know. <laughs> so now I'm like, when the world opens back up, I am going back to New Orleans. And then from there, um, we can travel. But I love, I love so many places. I love traveling. So um, whether it's beach, whether it's like rustic mountains, like I'm, I love traveling. So I will be super happy when it's safe to do that again. Oh, you and me both. And New Orleans is definitely on my list too, as is New York. I travel a lot. I have never been to New York. How is this even possible? True story. Travel all over. I've been all the way across the world to Australia and lived in Asia and been everywhere in between, but somehow not been to New York, which is literally at the top of my list. And I cannot wait to come to New York, but it's just hasn't happened yet. So that I would say is at the top. Maybe we can meet up for gelato. I would love (laughs) that. I would absolutely adore that. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This was so enlightening and I appreciate you sharing so authentically and just the way that your energy is just being put out into the world to help women and people in business. And thank you for just being a light in that today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Celebrating Simple Life is proud to be a member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is supported by Direct West. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Things like updating your Google listing, thinking of a headline for a billboard, or making sure your website is in good shape? That's where Direct West comes in. You can get local expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com. This show would not be possible without you, my incredible listeners. It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to Celebrating Simple Life on Apple Podcasts or download and listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you choose to listen. If you really want to make my day, leave a review. These reviews, ratings, and sharing screenshots of podcast episodes that were engaging for you on your Instagram stories and tagging friends that you think should hear the episode too really helps the podcast grow. It makes me so happy that I often select reviews to read on the show. And if yours is chosen, you will receive a special gift from me. Thank you for being a part of my mission to connect stories of business and life. Cheers to celebrating simple life.